live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Alex Elbro. That's proud Heather Small. I thought that was a very fitting tribute to the RNLI, who are 200 years old this month. And it's very lovely to welcome Jeff Heathcock into the studio. Good afternoon to you, Jeff. Good afternoon to you, Alex. Now, Jeff, what's your involvement with the RNLI? You tend to think of Cambridge as sort of being, you know, n- no water near us. No. But actually, I think a lot of people here are very invested into what they do. My main role is basically to promote the service and all sorts of fundraise. And I go out and give talks to different groups when they need a speaker and that sort of thing. The summer months, we are primarily attending a range of outside events right across the county and indeed over the borders into Bedfordshire, Essex and uh, Suffolk, where we go out with our travelling shop, for want of a better description, selling all sorts of souvenirs for the RNLI, promoting the work, Hopefully, sometimes we get people come along and say, oh, I'll give you an hour, Gov, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't know what's happened. Um, although we are, what, 70 miles approximately from the coast in a straight line, you will be amazed by the number of people who will come up to you and say, oh, you know, my uncle was saved by you. My next-door neighbour was saved by you. In fact, a couple of years ago... One Sunday lunchtime, the door, doorbell went and a lady from College Road arrived on my doorstep and she said, here's a donation for what your boys did a few days ago in Lowestoft to save my grandchildren. Yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I was just talking to you off air about that, that it is a charity and it is yeah. uh, only funded by the public. Absolutely. But, you know, as we've just said, that way they have an autonomy from what the government's changing and people's views and everything else. They do what is needed, we don't they? We are completely they? independent. Um, we obviously have to have some dealings with what is now, what used to be the Board of Trade, but is now um, the Department of Trade with regards to maritime law and some of the things yeah. that, that that sort of brings up. Um health and safety inevitably in terms of how we run the service we've got to make sure that we look after the people who who volunteer to work for us both on land and at sea um but that is only in the sense that yes we're we are no different to any other charity we have to abide by the book absolutely yeah but in terms of how we run the service we're run by a board of trustees they come from all sorts of walks of life many of them from business. Um, We're currently looking uh, just in the midst of finalising the appointment of a new chief executive. Um, The previous one retires in June. Um, And we have obviously full-time members of staff who've got expertise in particular elements of the service. But the key is the crews themselves have repeatedly said over the years Last time was, what, 40-odd years ago when we had the Penley disaster. Any time that a government of any colour were to get involved is the point at which we pack up and we go home. So while the crews, and yes, we do have a few issues in some parts of the country about recruitment, Mm. like all charities, and even in terms of recruiting lifeboat crews, by and large... It's something that's handed on down through the years um, from previous generations. So we generally find 
that they will get on with the hard stuff, we're left then to raise the money they need and to promote the service wherever we can promote it. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And I say um, the interesting you said there about... um, people that aren't you know by the sea that Mm. that come up of course we all go on holiday and we'll go to the seaside and if if anything we probably need it more than the people that live there because we don't have the experience and you get people i go up to norfolk a lot up to wales next to the sea the amount of people that don't read the signs that say check when the tides are in and they get caught now you could say well it's your own fault but of course no one's going to leave anyone stranded so that the call outs we reckon about two-thirds of our customers particularly in the summer months are people from inland. So when people come come up to me in the street when we're doing a collection or I might be doing a talk somewhere and they say, well, why should we be bothered about this service? <laughs> My answer straight away is, well, actually, most of you go to the seaside if you only, only do a day trip. Yeah. It could just as likely be a day trip where something goes wrong and you are hoping that somebody will come and get you out of that mess as someone who actually lives and works at the seaside all year round. Yeah, well, I bet a lot less of those get get, get into the troubles that, yes, that people, because they know the tides, they I mean, know what goes be, on. There will be some who will, yeah. because of issues either with their craft, yeah. or something suddenly goes wrong. Um, tides might suddenly change. I mean, there's all sorts of potential. But certainly, two-thirds to three-quarters of the people that we end up having to respond to will be people that live miles and miles from the coast. And as you said, they always know best. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and like you say, they're there for everyone. They're, they don't judge. They just like, no, oh, no. there's somebody in difficulty. We're out, and they're all volunteers. Yeah. They get the call, don't they? Because I've seen it happen. Yeah. So you know, there's a guy now that works there who's a young guy, which is lovely to see, who work, runs a coffee shop. But yeah. he says there, you know, if I get called out, I will just have to put a sign on the door. Close. You close. <laughs> and he has so many regulars now that they close up for him, and he just heads off because you can't hang around can you and those things and uh, a lot of training and everything goes into it a lot of training in terms of the initial training and of course ongoing and when you're in a situation where a new boat was expected and obviously wales had theirs at the end of last year clacton is the next one in this region to get a all singing dancing um all weather lifeboat as we call them they will have massive amount of training before they even bring the boat to Clacton. They have to go down to somewhere else. They have else. to go down to pool. They'll spend time uh, literally um, crawling around <laughs> the boat yeah. so that they know every little nook and cranny and what that does and what that does. Then they'll have time actually in the training college, which we, we built about 10 years ago now. You can also go there when we're not using it for a holiday. That's a little commercial. <laughs> uh, lovely place. And, of course, pool, and with all the water around it, going out to sandbanks particularly, magnificent countryside. Mm. So if you're ever thinking about, I could do with a change of somewhere to go, Arnold I College Pool, give them a tinkle, and if they've got availability, they'll fix you up with a room. Well, that's a good it, tip. It's a smashing place. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, that all helps to raise money for Absolutely. us. Absolutely, I was just thinking that. Now, you were saying, what's your um, background of how you did you get involved in the RNLI then? I got involved uh, way back in the late 60s, early 70s, when I was still living in Cornwall, where I went to school, 
did my first work. And the R and I were looking for people to come forward to fund to um, form a fundraising branch. Um, I discovered also just prior to that, literally a few months before that, that one of my relatives on my mother's side, way way back, served on one of the last sailing lifeboats in Cornwall station. Sadly, that was closed before the Second World War, but you can. If you go there, and just about make out some of the outline of the station. Um, and I thought, yeah, that, that's something I could probably give, get, have a go at. 52 years later, <laughs> I'm sitting in a studio with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So I'm still Wonderful. involved, still raising money, still going out giving talks where I can. And in the summer months, we're heavily involved in attending carnivals, big fates, steam engine rallies, you name it. Oh, yes, of course. Basically, wherever there's yeah. people, yeah. we will endeavour to um, have an appearance. Uh, and sometimes it's one day, sometimes it's three days. Our biggest difficulty, being in Cambridge, obviously, is it, you sort of people don't perhaps quite immediately tick the boxes, is transport because we often often find ourselves at the last minute in difficulty to transport souvenirs, ah, a gazebo, yes. tables and the like, to the scene of the, of the crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that obviously then leaves me in a position at that stage that if I can't literally find someone at very short notice... I can't go. Yeah, well, it's a shame, Which isn't is, it? Exactly. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought about the, you know, I know some of the people in Wales that do some fundraising there, yeah. but, you know, or work in the shop. But, you know, this is as, almost as important as the crews that go out yes. is to fundraise for the new boats and the, new, and the you know, all the equipment and everything else that That's needs to, to go on. We need, in round figures, £600,000 a day Wow. to keep the R&I afloat <laughs> um, 238 stations four in London extremely busy the four busiest stations in the whole of the R&I um, I didn't even think about ones in London no, no. well um, in fact London has got the record for one of the earliest street collections way back in the 18 dot dot dots yeah. After the Marshness disaster, which is, what, 20 years ago mm. on the Thames, one bank holiday weekend, because no single service would take responsibility for life-saving on the Thames, uh. the then Minister for Maritime Safety, John Prescott, who's still around, albeit he's obviously a little bit long in the tooth these days, uh, contacted Paul and said, well, you people have been around dealing with the water for a long time, how might you get involved? And by the end of that summer, we had found the premises, the people, and we were already um, using a experimental boat to operate four stations on the Thames. Incredible. And I say they are now the four busiest stations in the whole of the Iron Line. Crikey, I didn't yeah. realise that. It just shows how, and also how much they can get going when they want to. They Absolutely. know what to do. Yeah. So, Going back to transport, for this particular, for the celebrations, yeah. you are looking for volunteer drivers, but it sounds like you could do with some transport during the summer months as well. Absolutely. Summer months is the critical period because that's when we've got the most events coming to us or being invited to go to so that we can actually 
um, meet the public. The public can come to us. They tell us their stories about relatives that have been rescued. Um, tell us about the launch and memory lifeboats, of which Wells is one. Yes, and I say my um, father-in-law's name is on yeah, there for that very can, reason. So, yeah. a very, very modest amount yeah. to have your loved one that, you, that may no longer be with you put on the side of the boat so that every time that boat goes to sea, your loved one's going with them. Mm. So, yes, basically from Easter through to October, we are out and about across the county and indeed in our neighbouring county. Is that generally weekends? or Generally weekends, occasionally weekdays, but it tends to be weekends as the the main time. Some of the steam rallies are three days right across a weekend. So that's when we need those extra pairs of hands and vehicles. Yes, so you could, um, if, if, if people are interested in maybe just helping with the transport but they haven't got time, uh, or, or either way, you can accommodate people, we, can't you? We You'd can love to help them. For them to do. Yes, that yeah, won't they won't be bored. <laughs> no. And what about particularly for this event? Did you say you wanted some drivers for getting people to some of the celebrations, or are you sorting no, now? No, the celebrations, in fact, start in Westminster Abbey two weeks on Monday. Right. On March the 4th, when we have... Um, the, the, it'll be the Thanksgiving service for our 200 years. Then at the eight, end of April, we have the regional one in Yorkminster. And then nearer to home, on the afternoon of the 17th of March, which I think, if I remember rightly, is St. David's Day. Uh, St. Patrick's St. Day. St. Patrick's yep, Day. Yep. I know it's one of the things. Yeah, exactly. I apologise to the Irish and <laughs> the Welsh. Um, we have a service in Norwich Cathedral. Oh, lovely. In the afternoon. And that is open to whoever might be in Norwich or nearby who would like to come and join in the celebration. But you need drivers for that, or you need... You don't need drivers you? for that, but certainly from the beginning of April, okay. we certainly will need... Um, some drivers, please, and all transport. If somebody's got transport and, you know, we've got the driver. Or they'd like to help on the stall. Or they might be able to like to help on the stall on the day. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Now, how do they get into contact, Jeff? Phone number and email right. address. Which, I will, uh, I shall I give make, those out now? I shall make, yeah, absolutely. So your phone number is um, Cambridge which is 01223, if you're just outside, uh, 244901. Yeah. And then your email address is jeff.heathcock88 yeah. at, and it's gmx.com. So that's, a, 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 it's a slightly different one, but um, if you have any issues on not being able to remember that, I'll give it out again towards the end of the programme. And if not, just contact me, alex at studio. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, alex at cambridge105.co.uk and I can pass those on to Jeff, but it'd be lovely to have uh, you be able to join, have a few more people, wouldn't you, to absolutely, help you out. Absolutely, that, it's been the load. Absolutely, well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Jeff, yeah. and thank you, and, and thank you to all the RNLI too. Thank you. Cambridge 105 Radio